You're listening to Tempted, sermon series by facing temptation successfully. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. All right, how are we doing, Elevate? We doing good? Everybody doing good? Yeah. Yeah, make sure the person next to you, just tell them right now that you look so great today. You, not them, tell them. Tell them, man, you know, it was raining today and you're having a great hair day. You know, you don't know what's wrong with them, right? Hey, hey, if you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews, one of the pastors here, and I am so glad you are joining us today. You could be anywhere, but you're here, and I am grateful and thankful. We are in a series that we are titling Tempted, Tempted, and the thing is, temptation is something that each and every one of us is going to struggle with. We are going to deal with. Uh, there might be some people who are tempted to lie. There might be some people who are tempted to cheat. Some people who are tempted uh, with drugs and addiction. There are some people uh, who are tempted uh, to be angry. There are some people who are just always tempted to be depressed or discouraged. Again, temptation is a part of life. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus, Jesus who is the Son of God, Jesus who is God in the flesh, what we read about in Matthew chapter 4 is that even Jesus was tempted. So if Jesus didn't get a pass on temptation, neither will you, neither will I. We will all struggle with temptation. And so maybe you're here and you say, well, not me, Robert. I'm, I'm never struggle. I never struggle with temptation. I'm never tempted to do anything wrong. Hey, if that's you, that means you were hatched from an egg. You weren't actually born. We're glad that you're here. Uh, but anybody who has been born, you will struggle with temptation. Because check this out. Here's what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 13. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So the Bible says, when you are tempted, not you might be tempted, you're probably going to be tempted, or you could be tempted. It says, when you are tempted, meaning it is going to happen. Now, have you ever been talking to somebody, and as you are talking to them, as you are listening to them, you know that they're lying? Anybody? You ever been there? You kind of know that they're just telling you a lie. I remember a, a couple years ago, I was down at the Walmart, and I love the Walmart. Just kidding, I hate it. Uh, but I was leaving the Walmart, and as I'm leaving the Walmart, walking through the parking lot, this guy walks up to me, and he says, hey, excuse me, sir, can you help me? And I said, well, I don't work here, but sure. And uh, he said, well, he, I said, what can I do for you? And he said, he said, well, man, I need a little help. He said, I got my wife over here in the car, and, and we just, we just, we really need some gas money, and I said, okay, and he said, he said, you see, our house burned down, and, uh, and so, uh, man, we really just trying to get enough gas money so that we can get over to her mom's house, my wife's mom's house, over in Tallulah, and I said, man, that's terrible, I said, I hate that your house burned down, I said, I've got a friend who that happened to, and man, it was, you know, just, I know how hard it was for him, so I can only imagine how tough that is for you, and he said, yeah, it's been really tough, and I said, well, look, I don't have any cash on me, I said, but if you'll follow me to the gas station that's right next door, I said, I'd be glad to fill your car up uh, with, with some gas, and so he said, man, I really appreciate it, and so that's what I did, he followed me over there, I followed him over there, actually, and I filled his car up, said a little prayer for him, said, I hope that things get better for you, and, and we parted ways, and I don't know, but I felt good after I did that. Doesn't it feel good to do good for other people, right? Feels good to do good for other people, and so, man, I really felt like I'd help this guy out, and I was kind of smiling. I mean, I felt, yeah, I'm a hero, not really, but I mean, I felt good, and uh, some of y'all don't know about how it feels good to do good, because, you know, y'all stingy people, right? Y'all know, you know I mean? y'all want to give people a piece of bubble gum, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, uh, but anyway, so I felt good, and so, uh, you know, 
couple months later, though, I was leaving Walmart, and as I'm leaving Walmart, I see this person approaching me, and uh, as he gets closer, I recognize who it is. It's this guy that I had helped, you know, a couple, couple months prior to. It's the same guy. I recognize him, but he doesn't recognize me. And so he says, hey, excuse me, sir. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, he said I need a little help. And I said, oh, really, what's going on? He said, man, you know, me and my wife, I got my wife in the car over here. He said, we just really need some gas money. He said, our, he said, our house burned down. And he said, man, we're just trying to get over to her mom's house in Tallulah. And as he's talking to me, I'm going, I mean, I really was, you know, pretty obvious looking at him. I said, man, I said, you probably don't remember this. I said, but a couple months ago, you came up to me with that same story, and I took you next door, and I filled your car up with gas. I said, man, do you, does your car have a leak in it? I said, man, you've been, you've been sitting here for two months. You didn't make it there. How have y'all made it? And he goes, it's been tough, man. It's been tough. And I said, I said wow. I said, that's crazy. I said, well, look, I'll tell you what. I said, uh, man, if you'll just head over there to that gas station, I'll make sure you get some gas. And so he said, well, I appreciate it. And so I'm, I'm loading up my grocery you know, and then I start to leave the parking lot, and when I get over there to the parking lot, he's at the gas station at the pump, you know, and he sees me, and he kind of waves to let me know where he is, so I just honk the horn and keep on driving, you know what I mean? I was like, praise the Lord, good to see you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That didn't happen, all right, but I, I it would have happened, but I told him in the parking lot, I was like, dude, I'm not even believing that story. You told me the same story two months ago, man. How in the world? But again, there are times when someone is talking to us, and we just know they're lying, right? We know it. Now, how many of you have ever called somebody out on a lie? You just say, man, you're lying to me. You are, you are lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of us have done that. What about this? How many of you have ever called God a liar? I mean, some of us would admit it, but a lot of us wouldn't. We would say, oh, I've never called God a liar. But the truth is, the way we live our life sometimes indicates that we really think God is a liar. See, Jesus says some pretty intense things in the Bible. He says some things that are really just hard for me to swallow, and I can only imagine they're hard for, for you as well. But look at what he said in Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 24. Look at what he says. He says, Therefore I tell you, all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them, and you will have them. Amen. we got to have faith, right? Got to have faith. But look at what he goes on to say, he says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, everybody say anything. He says, if you've got anything against anyone, everybody say anyone. If you've got anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. So Jesus said, forgive people so that God will forgive you. And now watch what he says in verse 26. He says, but if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your wrongdoing. So do you see what Jesus says right there? Jesus basically says, if you don't give forgiveness, you won't get forgiveness. Everybody say, what? I mean, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. Jesus said, if you don't give forgiveness, you don't get forgiveness. Now, was Jesus speaking figuratively here? Was he being literal? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe Jesus really didn't mean what he said here because let's be real, we kind of live in a day and a time where people say a lot of things that they don't mean. Have you ever said something that you don't really mean? You know, anybody, just me, a couple of us. But we live in a society where that happens all the time. Parents uh, are especially 
guilty of this. I'm sure none of the parents in this room, uh, but have you ever seen a parent look at their child and say, if you do that one more time, I am going to spank you, right? And so not only does the child do it one more time, but they do it several more times. And after every time that they say it, the parent says the same warning. If you do that one more time, I'm going to spank you. I remember at McDonald's one time, there was this lady who had a pretty rambunctious little boy running around. And I thought, please don't let that boy get a Coke. He is going to tear this place apart with some more sugar in his life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching and I order my food right after them. And of course, he goes right over to the drink machine. He's got a cup. He's a big boy. That's what he kept saying. And so he's, he's going up to the drink machine and he's getting his drink. And then he would take a sip and then he would, ah, and he would pour it out and he would go to the next drink. And he, blah, he poured out. And then he was making all these concoctions, you know what I'm saying, putting them all together, tasting them. And his mom was saying, son, if you do that one more time, I'm going to spank you. And he just kept on doing it, blah, pouring it out. And so then she moves down from the Coke machine to the ketchup place, you know, where you get your ketchup and napkins. Anyway, straws, all that other good stuff. That's not important. Anyway, but so the boy, his boy he just keeps on doing it. Just, and like, honestly, if I'm exaggerating, it's only slightly. But... I was dying of thirst, like really, I really felt like I was going to die. So I'm waiting on this boy, and he's just blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I'm sitting here, I I looked at his mom, I said, excuse me, ma'am, he did it again. (laughs) She just looked at me and smiled. I thought he was going to get got, you know what I'm saying, but he didn't. He didn't. That's a true story. I'm not making that up. You can ask my wife, I say a bunch of weird things when we're out in public. But, But again, she didn't do anything. This was just something this mother was saying. And listen to me, parents, when we tell our children something and we don't follow through with it, you know what we're teaching our kids? We're teaching our kids that we don't really mean what we say. We teach them we don't really mean what we say. And and what seems to happen after that is our children begin to think that what Everybody says, really, they don't really mean what they say. Other authority figures don't mean what they say. And so you'll see this mentality being reflected in the school district. You know what I mean? You'll have a teacher who will say something, and a child will say, oh, that teacher doesn't really mean what they say. They're, 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 they'll grow up, and they'll have other leaders and bosses who will say something, and that, that person will say, oh, oh, they don't really mean what they Say, I don't have to listen to them. And what happens for you and what happens for me is we kind of do that thing, that same thing with God. Sometimes we think, oh, God doesn't really mean what he says. We might not really say that out loud. But again, the way we live our life indicates that that is what we believe. But Christ, again, said that if you don't forgive... Neither will your heavenly Father in heaven forgive you. And this wasn't some isolated incident. What you see happening is Jesus saying something very similar over and over and over and over again in God's Word. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. He is teaching those who are going to follow him how to pray. He gives them a model prayer. You and I know it as the Lord's Prayer And look at what he says in verse 9. Jesus says, Therefore you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored and holy. What Jesus is saying, you need to go to God and you need to say, God, you 
are God. You are awesome. You are Lord. Man, you are so good, God. And then he says this. So God, since you are God, we pray in verse 10, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says, give us this day our daily bread. What he is saying here is you need to pray to God and say, God, help me not to worry. God, help me to trust in you for my daily needs, just like you provided manna for the Israelites every day. You provided for them. Help me not to stress about all that other stuff and just know that you're going to take care of me today. Give us today our daily bread. And verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. See, when you hear that word debt, you and I tend to think of finances, right? Like like finances, money that, that we owe. How many of y'all got a little debt? How many of y'all got a lot of debt? You know, man, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of debt. And so what we tend to think from time to time is, man, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if somebody did just forgive us our debt? So God says, you know, we're saying here, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debts. If it, next month, when your house payment is due, if you called the bank and said, hey, look, I was going to pay y'all, but God has forgiven my debt. So if you want some money, you need to call him and talk to him. How many of y'all think that would go over real well? It wouldn't really go over really, really well. But when we hear that word debt, a lot of times that's, that's, that's the connection we make in our mind is, is with our finances. So some translations, instead of using the word debts, what they will say is our trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But again, mentally, when you hear that word trespass... What do you think about? You think about a sign that's posted on somebody's property where you know that big deer is, right? And it says, no trespassing. It's posted. And so really, is, is that what, what, we're, what, what God is trying to tell us? So there are other translations that do uh, a better job really describing what Jesus is trying to say here by saying, and forgive us our sins as we have also, or as we also, Forgive those who sin against us. And then he says, And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So again, Jesus gives us this model prayer, this prayer for his disciples to follow, this prayer for his followers to follow. Again, and after he says it, he says, Amen. And then after he finishes his prayer, immediately he says this, For... If you forgive people their wrongdoings, again, this will be verse 14. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive you your wrongdoing. So again, Jesus, he's giving his followers a a way to pray, a model. And after he goes through it, he says, look, you need to honor God. You know, you need to ask for his kingdom to come. And you need to pray that, uh, you know, God will forgive you the same way that you have forgiving other. And then when he's finished with the prayer, he goes back and he's like, okay, while I was giving you all that, that model, I'm sure you were writing down the outline because you didn't want to miss it. You know what I mean? And so just in case you miss the outline of prayer, you need to make sure that you forgive others, that you forgive others. Now think about this and listen to me. Because when I was studying this, this kind of this got, me, got me pretty good as far as my heart. But Jesus says, when you pray, pray that God would forgive 
your sins as you have forgiven others. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What, is, what, is that, what does that really mean? So what Jesus is saying is that when you pray, pray that God will forgive you the same way you have forgiven others. And I know some of y'all are like, I don't really, you know, what are you trying to say? But think, think about it like this. How many Christians would really want God to forgive them the way that they have forgiven others. Think about that. He says again, forgive, you know, pray that God would forgive you as you have forgiven others. I mean, we, a lot of times in our life we say we have forgiven people, right? But we really haven't. Because when a fight comes up, what do we do? We bring up all the stuff that we've said we've already forgiven them for. Does God do that to us? Aren't you thankful? I am. But again, what Jesus says is, you know what I mean? As you pray, pray that God would forgive you the same way you have forgiven others. And I know, man, believe me, I, man, I know it's hard to forgive. We've been talking about it for three weeks. It's hard to forgive. Somebody told me the other day, man, they, you know, they're only here every other week. And they were like, man, I guess God really wants me to hear this message because, you know, you've been talking about it for three weeks now. But again, but again, I know it's hard to forgive. Even Peter, some of Jesus's, one of Jesus's closest followers, one of his closest disciples had trouble forgiving other people. In Matthew chapter 18, and that's where we're going to be for the rest of the time together this morning. But in Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes up to Jesus, and the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to him, came to Jesus, and said, Lord, how many times could my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Have you ever said something like that? How many times am I going to have to put up with this? How many times am I going to have to forgive this? I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you again. Fool me three times, shame on you. Stop it. Right? How many times am I going to have to put up with this? And so he says, as many as seven times. Seven times? I mean, Peter's really trying to get this down. God, you're going to have to give me the number. Give me the number so that I can get it right. How many times should I have to put up with this? Is it seven? I mean, because I can remember one time, Jesus, you said when somebody hits you, turn the other cheek. So if I do that and then they hit that cheek, I got two more cheeks. You know what I'm saying? I can turn those as well. That'd be four. Then I'll throw three in there because of the Trinity, Blessed Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what about seven times? Is, is that good? Seven times? And then look at what Jesus says in verse 22. He says, I tell you, not as many as seven, but 70 times seven. You know how many times 70 times seven is? It's 490. I know some of y'all are like, what? He is a walking iPhone. I'm a genius. I went to Pearl High School. Praise the Lord. Went to Pearl. We were the state champs this year in football. But anyway, uh, you know, 490 times. 400, man, how in the world would you keep up with 490 times? Can you imagine living your life with an actual pad in your hand and a pen in your hand and going around and just every time somebody did something to you, Kenny, one, Kenny, you're getting into them double digits. You don't want to get to that, that 490 because it's over. Can you imagine living your life 
that way? I mean, wouldn't you be miserable if that's literally what you did, is you just lived your life and you walked around with a scorecard, keeping keeping track. Every time somebody wronged you, you would be miserable. Now, the truth is, I don't know of many people who walk around with an actual pen and pad in their hand, but I do know a lot of people who mentally, that's what they do. They keep up with how many times somebody has hurt them. And so what Jesus is saying here is you got to get rid of that pen. you got to get rid of that pad. You've got to forgive. And then he tells this crazy story. I want you to see it. Starting in verse 23, Jesus says, For this reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Now let me stop. Because 10,000 talents, we see that, we're like, man, what in the world does that mean? Because this America, we use American currency, right? We don't use talents. Like if somebody came to your house to cut your yard, and when they got done, you said, here, let me give you a talent. What do you think they'd look at you like? What? I, I don't know, like a check. People don't know what that is anymore. I don't know what that is. We don't use talents anymore. We use Benjamins, C-notes, that paper, that green, you know what I mean, them singles. That's, we, that's what we use, dead presidents, um, that's what we use. In America, we don't use currency known as a talent. So what does 10,000 talents mean? What does that? Well, 10,000 talents is approximately three. Or it's approximately 750,000 pounds, which would be 375 tons. Three, this, this individual here owed his master 375 tons of gold. Do you know the price of an ounce of gold today? It's over $1,300. Do you know how many ounces are in a ton? No, Robert, tell us. 32,000 ounces are in a ton. One ton would have been for over $42 million dollars. 42, how many of y'all would be feeling some pressure with $42 million of debt? Oh, this guy didn't owe $42 million. He owed $42 million times 375. Do you know how much that is? I don't know either. I typed it in the calculator, started putting E's and stuff on there. You know it's a lot when the calculator is confused. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, man, what? I can't even fathom how much money this is. And so when Jesus is telling this story, and he says, man, there's this guy who owes this other guy 10,000 talents. You know, Peter was like, what in the world was he doing to where he had that much debt? No way he could pay this back. So look at verse 25. So it says there, since he had no way to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. I don't know what he had, but he had a lot. I thought it would have paid it. He says, at this the slave fell face down before him and said, be patient with me, and I'll pay you everything. Check this out. Then the master of that slave had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. Man, blessed. I don't know about you guys, but when I owe somebody $5, they don't let me forget it, right? This guy is forgiven a huge amount, a huge, this ridiculous debt. I'd be feeling good. 
And I can't help but think that this, this servant here, this slave, I can't help but think he was feeling good, you know. On top of the word, you've forgiven me 375 tons of gold. I don't have to worry about that. No, it's done, man. You're forgiven. He's feeling good, and so he walks out. And look at what the Bible says in verse 28. But that slave went out, found one of his fellow slaves who owed him 100 denarii. Now, how much is this? The, the, the amount uh, kind of varies depending upon who you're looking at, but some people claim that it's as little as $400, and some people claim it's as much as $4,000. Either way, it's still a pretty sizable amount, but it's nothing compared to 375 tons of debt, tons of gold that this, this one guy owed his master. So what does he do? He goes out and he finds someone who owes him a hundred denarii. Let me just say too, isn't it easy to go out and find people that we feel like owe us something? Feel like people who have offended us, you owe me. Because again, we got that pin and that pad and we keep up with it. But here's what he says. But he says, he, he says he grabbed him, started choking him and said, pay what you owe. At this, his fellow slave fell down and began begging him, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. Again, this fellow servant, what he is doing is he is saying exactly what his fellow servant had said to his master, but he wasn't willing. On the contrary, he went and threw him in prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other slaves saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have also had mercy on your fellow slave? And at this, his master got angry, handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. Now remember, this story is not about finances. It is not about that type of debt. This is about how many times we should forgive someone. It's about forgiveness. And so verse 35 says this, So my heavenly Father will also do to each of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is a a story, again, about forgiveness. It's about a servant who owed this huge debt. Just like you and I, we owe this huge sin debt to God. It's a debt that this master, this slave could not pay his master. It's a debt that you and I could not pay God. It would be impossible to pay. It's a debt that had to be forgiven by this master. It's a debt for you and I that has to be forgiven by God to be canceled. Now, you may have treated people badly. You may have had people treat you badly, but I can assure you, you have never had anybody treat you as bad as you and I have treated God. It's true. You and I have had people sin against us, but it's nothing compared to how much we have sinned against God. And so a person who cannot forgive is a person who has forgotten the great debt that they have been forgiven of, and this is serious, because look at verse 34 and 35 again. It says, and his master got angry, handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So Jesus says, so my heavenly Father will also do to you 
if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. Now remember, Jesus isn't a liar. Jesus isn't a liar. So for the rest of the time we got together, I just want to point out three things from this story that I really feel like you and I need to understand. Three things that are important. Number one, if you want to write it down, I want you to see first that the servant is turned over to be tortured. The servant is turned over to be tortured. This unforgiving servant, again, he's turned over to be tortured. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines torture this way. It says agony of body and mind or the infliction of intense pain to punish. Bruh, I ain't trying to be tortured. I don't like pain. Anybody else, you just, I love it. Nobody that I know likes pain. Man, I had a wellness check, you know, the yearly doctor check. How many of y'all do those things? You're supposed to. My insurance is supposed to pay for it. Anyway, I don't know. But I went to get this yearly checkup Monday, you know, and so after they said, you know, I saw the doctor, he said, all right, we're going to send you down to the torture room. I mean the lab. He said, we're going to send you down to the lab. Y'all seen the lab? It reminds me of like a torture chamber because when you go in there, there's this chair that has this arm that they sling down on you so that you can't move real quick. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They put little stickers on it as if that's going to make you happy. But like, then they get this, this rubber string type thing, and they tie it around your arm. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then they get this needle, and they're coming at you. Man, I looked at the lady who was about to do, and I just looked up with sad eyes, and I said, please be gentle. <laughs> I don't like pain. I'm for real. I don't like pain. Well, man, I certainly don't want to be tortured because agony of body and mind, the infliction of intense pain to punish, I don't want that to happen to me. But Jesus said, if we don't give forgiveness, we're not going to get forgiveness. And he said, so my father will also do to you if you don't forgive your brother from your heart. Man, I don't know about you, but there's some folks I need to call up when I leave church and tell them I forgive them, right? I forgive them for lying on me. I forgive them for hurting me. I forgive them for the way they made me feel. I need to forgive my dog, man. You know what I'm saying? Because my dog even makes me mad. I need to forgive. I don't know about you, but I do. We got to forgive. So again, this servant, he's turned over to be tortured. But the second thing you got to see from this story is this. As Jesus says this. He says the unforgiving servant had to pay back the original unpayable debt. The unforgiving servant had to pay back the original unpayable debt. Don't miss this. What was this man required to do? He was required to do the impossible. So you might not be like me, but I hate debt. I do. I hate to know that I owe anybody any money. Anybody like that? Just hate to know that. Man, when I... When I owe somebody money or something, I just feel this pressure, and I feel this weight. Any, anybody, have you been there? You know what I mean? You got a house note. You got a car note. You just wait. Anybody? anybody am I talking to anybody today? Man, y'all, y'all must not live in my world because I'm like, man, how am I going to make all this work? And so I'm like, I mean, I feel this pressure. Could you imagine the pressure this man who owed 375 tons of gold was feeling? How in the world am I going to pay this back? 375 tons of gold. I'm in jail. 
I'm in prison. I'm being tortured. How am I going to pay this back? Can you imagine the pressure again that he felt? You know how long it would take him to pay this back? Forever. Literally forever. He would never be able to pay this back. And again, this story isn't about money. It's about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness of our sins, and it's about us forgiving other people of their sins against us. See, the thing is, you and I can't save ourselves. We can't. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good. You can't say enough good to get to heaven. You can't. It's impossible. It took the sacrifice of Jesus for you and I to be able to be able to be made right with God. Don't let your refusal to forgive someone, don't let your refusal to forgive someone force you to pay for something you'll never be able to pay back. So Jesus says again, this servant is going to be handed over to be tortured. He says this servant is going to be forced to pay back this unpayable debt. And then the third thing, again, that you just need to see, and I'm wrapping up. But he says this, God the Father will do this to any believer who refuses to forgive from their heart. No matter how great the hurt, no matter how great the offense, and what's interesting about this whole story that Jesus gives is that in almost every other parable that Jesus gives, he doesn't give an interpretation of the parable unless his disciples ask him, specifically ask him, hey man, you know, you was talking about that seed and stuff on the, on the path, what'd that, what'd that mean? He doesn't, he doesn't usually give them an interpretation of the parable unless they ask. But in this case, it's almost as if Jesus wanted to make sure that there was no question. It's almost as if he wanted you and I to understand the seriousness of not being willing to forgive people. And so he literally says, he says, My heavenly Father will also do to each of you if, you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It's really unfortunate that many people who claim to follow Christ, many of us forget this. We forget this. And we hold on to unforgiveness. See, I, I know it's hard to forgive Man, I've had some deep hurt in my life, some real hurt, and I know that you have too. But I don't want, I don't want to refuse to forgive people. And because I refuse to forgive people, instead of hearing Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, because I won't forgive people, I don't want to hear Jesus say, depart from me, because I never knew you. See, maybe you sit here and you say, you know what, Robert, you don't know what happened to me. It was tough, and, and I don't. But whenever I have to think about my own life and how hard it is for me to forgive certain people, I like to think about Jesus. And I like to think about his actions 
as he hung on the cross. I mean, Jesus was betrayed by someone very close to him. And he was betrayed with a kiss. A kiss. He was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, and he was arrested, and he was beaten beyond human recognition. Actually, Jesus, it was hard to even tell that he was a person. It looked like more like something that had been run over several times. And after all that pain and after all that torture, he was forced to carry his cross to a place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And once he was there, he was nailed to the cross. And once he was on that cross, he was raised between two criminals, two thieves. And as he hung there, people continued to mock him and insult him. And they continued to throw rocks at him and poke him with sticks. And they would say things like, Jesus, you saved others. Can't you save yourself? They would say, Jesus, you're a blasphemer. They would just, they would just mock him and have a lot of fun and laugh at him at his expense. And Jesus, when all that was happening, he looked up to heaven and he cried out. And he didn't cry out, Father, do you see what they're doing to me? Because he didn't have to do that. See, God knows all and God sees all. Jesus didn't have to say, God, do you see what they're doing to me? Just like you and I. When someone is hurting us, when we are going through real pain, we don't have to say, Father, do you see what they're doing to me? God already sees it. But again, Jesus cries out. You know what he says? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I just want you to know that Jesus knows what it's like to forgive. Jesus knows what it's like to forgive the unforgivable. And as followers of Christ, we are to reflect His example. We are to reflect His character. We are to reflect His nature. And so Jesus looks at you and He looks at me and He says, you must forgive. I'm telling you, forgive. Forgiveness, it's key to our freedom. Don't let the enemy tempt you to stay trapped. Don't let the enemy tempt you to hang on to bitterness and unforgiveness. Because God wants you to be free. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life, but I wonder today, if there's somebody here, and as you think about your life, and maybe all the things that you have done, maybe all the bad things that you've done to other people and, and really to God, and you're here today and you think, man, there's no way that God could forgive me for all of my past, I want you to know that that's simply not true. We serve a God who is rich in mercy, who is rich in grace. He forgave a man who owed 375 tons of gold, and He will forgive you for all your sins, no matter what. But you've got to be willing to accept His forgiveness. 
And so if you're here today and you're ready to accept his forgiveness, you are ready to be saved, you are ready to submit your life to this master who paid your debt, to this master who forgives you and loves you, I'm going to ask that right where you are, you pray this prayer. Father, today, I pray that you would truly forgive me. I accept the payment that you made on Calvary's cross for my sins. Father, today, I confess you as Lord and I confess you as Savior. And I pray that you would help me to forgive others as you have forgiven me. Thank you for saving me. Look, as we continue to pray again, every head bowed and every eye closed, but if you prayed today to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, to be forgiven of your sins, I'm going to ask that right where you are, you do something brave, that you raise your hand just so I can know that God's moving. Amen. 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 Pray to be saved today. Amen. Amen. Father, today we are thankful for your forgiveness. We are thankful for your mercy. We are thankful for your grace. Father, we certainly don't deserve it, yet you give it freely. And Father, there are people who hurt us who don't deserve our forgiveness. But again, your word tells us that if we don't forgive, we will not receive. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us. Help us to be more like you. We need you, Father. We need you to help us. Help us, Father, to be like Christ. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.